You're listening to the City Hope Church Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope this can inspire you and build your faith. Enjoy the message. Always appreciate the time uh, to jump into worship, and uh, man, uh, just such a great time, of course, always in God's presence. And today, uh, as, as we jump into uh, our series, uh, You Asked For It, I, I am so excited to talk on this topic. Why didn't God answer my prayers? I wanted to start today by just asking you a simple question. How many of you say that, Pastor Noah, I believe in the power of prayer? I believe in the power of prayer. All right. That's about every hand. That's right. That's the right answer, everybody. Every hand. Every hand. That's the best response I've ever gotten out of anything I've ever asked you, I think. I asked how many of you last week were are liars, and nobody raised their hands. And I was like, y'all are liars. So uh, glad you're not lying about this one. And uh, I, we, we believe in the power of prayer. And can I just tell you that I am thankful that I serve a God to, scripture says, to whom all things are possible. And uh, I'm thankful that uh, I, I've personally seen God answer so many prayers over the years. Um, you know, even as we talk about um, our church turning five years old, I mean, this is an answered prayer. It's a, it is absolutely a miracle. And so, but when we talk about prayer, the good news about prayer is we know that inc- prayer is incredibly powerful. I mean, it can, have, it can be so powerful in our life. That's the good news, that prayer is incredibly powerful. But you know, the bad news is, is that prayer can oftentimes be incredibly confusing. Anyone get, like, like, confused sometimes in the middle of your prayer? Like, you can be honest, you know, like, I just, like, I'm praying, and then I kind of lose my words, and I feel like I got to always, like, keep up, you know, like, you know those, you know those people who, who can pray, and that, like, they can pray so fast, and they're like the... I, I call them like the old father gods because they're like, oh, father God, would you just do this? No, father God. You know, like that's what they, it's like you can't ever have a gap in your prayer sentence. You know, people like, like you can't ever have those, those gaps. And sometimes I get around some people who can just like, who can just pray and just spit it out. And then sometimes I'm just like, I can't, I, I can't even, I'm not even close to their spiritual level. You know, like I don't know what I'm doing. It's just, it could be sometimes prayer can be, confusing. And I think it can also be confusing because we may have seen God answer some prayers over the years, or maybe we've seen God answer the prayers of other people. And we've, I, you know, I've had these moments in my life where I'm like, wow, God, you really showed up and like, you really showed out. Like, I can't believe that you did this. And uh, it's just amazing. But other times I've had moments where I've prayed even similar prayers and God didn't do what I thought he, what I thought he should do, and he, he and he didn't do what I knew that he could do. You know, like I know that you can move here. I know that you can change this situation, Lord, but he didn't do it. And so prayer can be confusing. And I started this week kind of contrasting a little bit about uh, the when you read in Scripture, you see all these miraculous prayers that are answered. You ever read, especially you read through the Old Testament and you're like, how in the world, like God parted the Red Sea for Moses. And I'm just, I, I'm just asking for God to do uh, something. What is, what is that? Is that my pack? Sorry. Is it, is it still doing the same thing? We have the same issues with the, with the pack. Will you grab me a microphone? Sorry. We had the same issues, 9 o'clock service. I think it's your problem. Uh, the 11 o'clock went just fine.
All right. Can you hear me now? And without the... Lord's trying to speak to you. No, uh, it's, uh, but this week I was, I was, I was, I was reading through some amazing stories through the Old Testament and uh, so many great miraculous scriptures that are answered. I mean, like I said, Moses in the Red Sea, like he literally carved a highway into the sea. It's absolutely amazing. And I contrast that great miracle with the prayers that go unanswered in my life. Like, Lord, I just need, I just don't want to feel sick all the time, you know? Like, I just, I just don't want to be, like, I have some unanswered prayers in my life, and so prayer can be powerful, but prayer can also be confusing. I mean, I also just think about the story of Joshua. Joshua prayed for the sun to stand still, and literally, it talks about how the sun stood still for the, the, the whole day just stood right there in, in like there was no night, no nothing. The, the sun stood still. And I prayed. I prayed for a friend that was, that was struggling. And they were struggling in their marriage. And instead of them getting better, they actually ended up getting a divorce. And so it's like, well, God, if you can cause the sun to stand still, why couldn't you answer that prayer? In First Kings chapter 18, there's a story about Elijah. Elijah calls down fire from heaven, and he says that the fire burned up 800 false prophets, 800 people who stood against God's word. And there are moments in my life where I prayed that God would provide and that he would financially provide for me, and instead of providing, my financial situation just got worse. And so, like, it can be powerful, but it can be confusing. I was reading this week Daniel chapter 6 where Daniel is in the lion's den. How many of you remember this story? That Daniel got thrown into the lion's den, and instead of Daniel getting eat up by these lions, these, star, these lions literally went on a diet for Daniel, and they, they decided that they weren't going to have him. Like, he survived the lion's den. And then I look at my prayers and I'm like, God, I pleaded on behalf of someone who was sick. I asked you, Lord, for someone to bring back someone who was deathly ill. And they didn't receive their healing on this earth. They ended up receiving their healing in heaven. And so prayer can be powerful, but it also can be, I'd say it's powerfully confusing at the same time. So what I want to do today is I just want to dive in, like authentically dive into that idea. That how, how can prayer be so powerful but also sometimes be so confusing? And to do that, I want to look at the words of Jesus. Because Jesus says something that really builds my faith. But can I also tell you, it confuses me at the same time. In John chapter 14, Jesus says, And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and what? I will do it. I'll do it. And so why is it then, when I ask for something in the mighty name of Jesus, why isn't, why doesn't that thing, do it, Lord. You ever get to that point? Like, I, I hope that I'm not the only one. There's some moments in my life where, do it, Lord. I'm asking for it. I know that you can. 
and he didn't do it. And you get to this crossroads in life, and you ask yourself, man, did I do something wrong? Is, is God not listening to me? Does he not care? You ever asked these questions before? Like, I, I just don't know if he cares. And so that's why, that's why the, the title of the message today is, is why didn't God answer my prayer? We're going we're gonna to dive into that. So today I want to help us build an understanding here with prayer. The best thing that I can do as we dive into this question is for you to understand some basics of the nature and the characteristics of God. So we're going to do a little study up front, and we're going to learn. I, want to, I really want to teach you first about the purpose of prayer. And here's the deal. This message might be, <laughs> I hate to say this, but this message might be incredibly disappointing to some of you because we live in this self-centered like culture where everything is just about ourself and about our needs. And I hate to tell you this this morning, but when it comes to the topic of prayer, I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. Because not, God is not just about just our needs. God's not just about our self-centeredness, about what we always need. There's a bigger story going on that we have to understand when it comes, when it comes to prayer. But in, when, you, when you understand the story of Scripture, you need to understand that, listen, when you read throughout the Bible, you are not the main character. You're not the main character in the story, and neither am I. God is the main character. And sometimes we read ourselves into these situations and we feel like everything is about our needs and what, what we want. But we need to embrace the reality and the fact, and especially when it comes to prayer, that God does not exist just to serve us. We exist to serve God, and we exist to glorify him. But in the culture that we live in, and especially the American culture in the American way, Everything is about the American dream. It's about what we can do for ourselves, how we can glorify ourselves. And when you follow Jesus and when you serve God, you just have to realize that he does not exist just to serve our needs. We exist to serve him. And it helps us understand, when we understand that, that helps us understand the purpose behind the reason we pray, behind the reason why we, we talk to God. And so I want to build a foundation and, uh, and I want to look at some scripture this morning, but I want to start by just identifying what the purpose of prayer is not. Listen, and you can write this in your notes. I didn't put this in your notes, but you can write this down. Prayer is not to get God to do your will. It simply is not. He's not, God is not a puppet on a string that you can just manipulate and tell him, God, this is exactly what I want, want, want you to do. He's not a waiter. <laughs> I think some of us think that he's like this, uh, this cosmic waiter, that like if we ring the bell and we place our order, like God is just going to come down <laughs> and deliver it to us. And that's not what the purpose of prayer, that's not the purpose of our God. The purpose, I'll say it like this, the purpose of prayer is to know God so that we can do his will. We have to know him so that we can do his will. So the purpose is to ultimately get to know him better, to have a relationship with him. Our God, if you haven't figured this out, our God is a relational God. And you see that through all throughout scripture, that it's all about relationships. Old Testament to New Testament, God is a relational God. He wants to have this personal relationship with you. 
And when you have this personal relationship with him, you realize that you exist to serve him and honor him and worship him and that he's not here just to serve us. And I know that's contrary to popular belief, but listen, God really is not our spiritual Santa Claus. I really think that some of us think like God is like is kind of like Santa. Like if we're good all year, and you know, you know what I mean? Like if we do the right things, and uh, if I would just join a small group and get in a Bible study, you know, if I, if I do this, if I, if I serve in the nursery on Sunday morning, God should answer my prayers because I've been a good boy. You know, like that's, that's kind of, we, we pray to God, we say things like that. Like, God, I've been so good. Uh, I, can you just give me this? Like, can you just give me that? And can I tell you, that is not God. God doesn't exist just to give us everything that we want. And, and, and I'll, tell you, I'll, I'll go to the opposite end of the spectrum because some of us believe that if we're really good, then God will bless us. And others of us were like, oh, I know why God doesn't answer my prayers. It's because I cuss. It's because, it's because I drank a little bit. It's, you know, like we, we have all these little things. Like, it, like we think, man, if, if, we, if we do this, oh, God's not going to hear it because I just, I, he, 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 he knows, like, even, even if I didn't cuss, I thought about it, and he knows that I thought about it. You know, like, he knows it. And so God says, well, I can't bless that. Well, no, no, that's not, that's not God either. And so some of us, we're on opposite ends of the spectrum. We're like, man, we haven't been good enough. And others of us are like, we've been so good. We deserve this. We should have this. Now, I'm telling you, God is not some sort of spiritual Santa. He's not, uh, I, I call him a drive through God. Like some of us, we, just, we, we want that fast food drive through service. Like we want to just drive through, place our order, and like the angel comes out and gives us our little, uh, <laughs> little, little bag of whatever, whatever we ordered and says, my pleasure. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, not, that's not God. God is not a button to be pushed. God is a relationship. He's a relationship to be pursued. And you read all throughout scripture and you see that God created us to love him and to be loved by him. And so we have this relationship. And so just as we start talking about prayer, I think it's good to just maybe draw some lines with some misconceptions about what prayer is and what it isn't. Because the purpose of prayer is to know God so that we can do his will. Therefore, it's... We're not asking God to just only honor our will, but we're trying to get to know him better, and we're trying to conform to what he has for us. And so we read this verse earlier that, that Jesus says, if you ask anything, I'll do it, I'll do it. And that verse can be extremely confusing because Jesus is just like, ah, if, you, if you just ask me, I'll give it to you. And yet so often, how many of us, we ask and it's just not there. It's just, that's not the way it goes. And so the question is, well, was Jesus telling a fib? Like, was he lying a little bit? Like, what, does he not care about us? And obviously that's not the case, but it is an important part of us understanding. We have to understand what, what, what was Jesus saying? So I want to dive into that for just a moment. Because it's an important thing for us as followers of Jesus to unpack some of these spiritual truths in a healthy way. And here's what I'll say. Some of us, we like to pick a single verse, take it completely out of context, and then I've even heard pastors take verse, just a single verse and just preach on that single verse, and God should give you everything that you ask for it. But as followers of Jesus, we shouldn't just take that one single thing out of context 
when we study and when we read God's word, we need to learn how to accurately interpret what's in God's word. And so just briefly, I want to teach you a little bit about this because it's important, especially when it comes to prayer, that we don't just pick verses out. And we just, and we, 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 don't just, we, we don't just take things completely out of context. We have to learn what it means, where, what, what the situation uh, that they're in. And, and we should never build our theology just around a single verse. You should never, you should never just pluck something out of context and pull. Uh, there are people who pluck a single verse out of context and pull out a, a whole belief system just out of that one verse. And listen, we should never do that. We should always try to understand the context. And so if you're trying to understand the context, you can write a couple of these things down. You, you're trying, you want to understand who wrote it, like who, who, who wrote it down, and then to whom did they write it to, who are they talking to. And then also there's a like cultural and historical context that's also important to understand. Like what's happening in the culture of those days. And so what we do, and, and especially what I do as your pastor, is I use, I use to, to, to add some context here, I use the Bible to help me interpret the Bible. So what I'll do is I'll use scripture, I'll use different scriptures throughout all the Bible to help build a belief in it. And so if I find one verse on prayer, what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at as many verses as the Bible has on prayer. I'm just going to look at that index and look at prayer, and I'm just going to start reading a bunch of different verses on prayer. And I'm going to ask this question. So some, a, a couple other things, if you're stu- I'm, I'm giving you a lesson right here. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do all this. Uh, but I'm just, if, if you want some help when you're studying some of this, I'm, this is how I created this message today, is when we talk about the idea of prayer, it's good to look at a couple different sources. One, you want to see what Jesus said about it. So we just read that, right? We just read what Jesus has said about it in the Gospels. You also want to look at what the, what the apostles said in the epistles, which is everything after the Gospels in the New Testament. So after Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the rest of the book, you're going to look at the rest of that New Testament and see what does, what does it have to say about prayer there. And then it's always also good to go back to the Old Testament and look at what, how did the people in the Old Testament pray? What did that look like? And even like studying the Psalms and Proverbs, it can give you some beautiful ideas. And so we take the scriptures as a whole to see the total narrative of what God is trying to say. So when we're dealing with a very weighty, difficult question that causes some people to even begin to walk away from their faith, we have to put this into context so that we fully understand it. Because we've all been in places before where we've prayed for loved ones, and our loved ones, they didn't get better. Maybe even they passed away. Some of you, you've prayed to conceive a child, and you still don't have a child. You're like, why, God? Maybe you prayed that your parents wouldn't get divorced. They got divorced, and it was ugly. Maybe you prayed for the person who doesn't know Christ, and you're like, I just want them to know the Lord so bad. And they end up going down the totally wrong path and going in the exact opposite direction. We've all had these times where God hasn't answered our prayers. So why didn't God answer my prayer? Well, I'm going to let the Bible interpret the Bible like I talked about. And we're going to look at several different verses on maybe some reasons why. And so you might say, well, Pastor Noah, I prayed, and I believed that God would do what I thought 
was right, what I, what I wanted him to do. Why didn't he do it? I thought it was the right thing. Why, did he do, why didn't he do it? Why didn't he answer my prayer? Now, I'm just going to start this message by just saying, well, I want to say this to you as clearly as I can. I don't have any idea. I don't know. I can't answer that question for you. I don't know why God didn't answer some of your prayers. Because, honestly, if I probably looked at the situation with you, I probably would have thought it was a great idea, you know. I probably would have thought that it was something that God should have done. But as your pastor, I can't tell you specifically why God didn't do or did do whatever whatever happened. Why didn't he do what, what could have been done? I just simply don't know. But what, can't, what I can do is I can give you some scriptures that when you study prayer in context that might give us I brought you today four possible reasons that why God maybe didn't answer that prayer. You ready for these? Here's the first one if you're taking notes is maybe you have a broken relationship. Maybe you have a broken relationship. Some of y'all are like, huh, that doesn't make any sense when it comes to prayer. What does this have to do with prayer? Why are you talking about our relationships? Well, I want to show you a couple verses uh, one verse I'm going to show you has to do directly with it and one kind of indirectly. But I want to look at several different stories in the Bible that show us that really our horizontal relationships that we have here on earth, they very much matter and actually impact our vertical relationships. So what's going on around you actually really impacts the relationship that you also have between you and God. Mark chapter 11 Verse 24 says, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you received it, and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, so again, this is the same thing. Jesus is talking, he's saying essentially the same thing here, right? It's a, it, and I'll do it. He's just saying, when you ask, it'll be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. So Jesus is, again, talking about you praying. And, he, and, and we, a lot of us, we only like to read the first half of this verse. We like to say that if you ask anything in my name, then I'll give it to you. And we stop there. But notice he continues to talk about that. If you're holding anything against anyone, forgive them. If you have a relationship that's not dealt with, that's not right, he says, I want you to deal with that first. Now, where, where else in Scripture would you think talks about something like that? I give you actually several different examples. In, in 1 John, the writer says that you cannot say that you love God and hate your brother. You've heard that verse before? You, 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 you can't do it. So there's this aspect of forgiveness that also goes in when we talk about our, the power of prayer. You can't say, I love God, but then you go around saying, well, I hate that. No good, low-down, pathetic little loser. You know, like, like you, you can't do that. You can't do that. In fact, even uh, Matthew chapter 5 says, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and, there, and remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift in front of the altar. He says it's so important that you're supposed to stop what you're doing. You're supposed to leave that gift there and first go and be reconciled to them and then come and offer your gift. Offer your gift. Listen, 
Our relationships with people very much matter and impact our relationships or our relationship with God. And I don't know if you've ever if you've ever experienced uh, somebody who has <laughs> kind of lived like a double life like like this. Like, yeah, any, does anybody know like Mr. Spiritual Guy who's like really spiritual around other people, but then at home is just like a total jerk? You know, you know anybody like that? You're probably like, I can't admit it right now. <laughs> you know, like I, I know of, yeah. But there, you've you've met these people. They're like, well, praise the Lord, hallelujah. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a great Sunday school teacher. I'm teaching at the book of Revelation at my church, you know, like all this different stuff. And, but then they go home, and they're totally arrogant and hateful and mean. And, 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 and Scripture says that that kind of behavior, what that will do to your prayer life, basically, Scripture says, if thou art a jerketh, I won't answer your prayers. <laughs> you know, like, not, not, not quite... Not quite like that, but First Peter, that's my version. You know, if I if I wrote a, that, that would be my version. First uh, Peter chapter three verse seven says, "Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect, as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life, so that nothing will hinder your prayers." Again, it's a relational aspect. Now it's talking about. The relationship that you have with your spouse, that there is a relational aspect that so that nothing will hinder your prayers. So why didn't God answer my prayers? Well, maybe I've got a relationship all out of whack. Maybe I've got something that is just that's that's just not right. And by the way, I let, let me also say this before I, I, I leave this area, because you need to understand that forgiveness does not mean the same thing as reconciliation. And some of you have people in your life who have really, I mean, hurt you to the core. And when you forgive them, that doesn't mean you need to restore that relationship. God's not asking, not asking for that. He is asking you to offer that forgiveness to them, but it doesn't have to go beyond that. And so you don't have to let them back in because there are some people who have a pattern who want to hurt you. There are, Do you know that there's people out there who want to hurt you? And you don't have to let them back in, but you can forgive them. You can move on. You don't have to reconcile that relationship. God just asks you to forgive. And so anyway, as we just want to free you in that. But there is a process. That is a heart process to where we have to, we need our hearts to be right when it comes to relationships so that nothing will hinder our prayers. You got that one? Here's the second one. Maybe you have the wrong motives. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can we talk about this one for just a minute? Because a lot of us, we go to prayer, we talk to the Lord about some things that <laughs> we just got the wrong motives behind them. Look at what James chapter 4 verse 3, when you ask, and you, you do not receive because you're asking with uh, the wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. I've heard people all the, all the time, people are like, well, Lord, if you just help me win the lottery, you know, like if you just if you just give me, Lord, just give me the right numbers to the Powerball right now in the mighty name of Jesus. You know, like if you just give them to me right now, I promise I'll give the first 10% to the church. If I win the lottery, I'll give, you know what, I'll give 50%, Lord, to the church. I, I promise. That's how much, uh, you know, <laughs> you know people like that, right? I mean, like if I just, if I could just win, you know how much good I could do with all that money? You know, I, and we make, and God's like, you're praying with the wrong motives. 
I tell you, this is what the Pharisees did. The Pharisees literally would go on the street corners in the public in front of everyone, and they would pray these long, loud prayers so that everyone could see them and everyone could know how spiritual and how great they were. They were praying with the wrong motives. And I don't know about you, but when I was young, I prayed some self-centered, wrong motives types of prayers sometimes. Like sometimes I, I would pick the hottest looking Christian girl, you know, and be like, Lord, if it's your will, lead her. Like, And if she's not Christian, I will happily lead her to Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> use me, Lord, you know, a catalyst for your will. Like <laughs> but the motives, the motives aren't right. Like, it, 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 and I love it because it's football season now, and half y'all, uh, in about two hours, you're going to be on your knees. Lord, I need my team to win. Just, Lord, if you would, if you haven't done anything with me before, I just need them to win in the mighty name of Jesus. Like, I got 100 bucks on this game. I need them to win. You know, I, that's where we're at. Lord, and, and some of us were like, well, Lord, if you just bless my business, if you just make me a, if you'd make me a billionaire, I'd begin to tithe. You know, like, it's like you're praying with the wrong motives. A man's ways seem innocent to him, and don't, don't it sometimes? I mean, when we're praying for the girl, it seems kind of innocent, you know. Like, but motives are weighed by the Lord. So why didn't God answer my prayers? Well, maybe I have a broken relationship it needs to be restored. Or maybe I got the wrong motives. Got the wrong motives. Here's another one. Maybe you just simply don't believe that God will do it. I got to be really careful at this one because um, I, this, this, is such a, this is such a tricky tricky circumstance here, but I think we can make some progress. I really want to make some progress in this area. I know a lot of Christians who pray prayers, they will start praying a prayer that they themselves don't even believe that God will even act on it. They just don't believe it. They don't have the faith for it. They don't believe that God would do it. And I wanted to bring you this story to kind of build your faith. Because in Mark chapter 9, we're going to read a verse in just a minute. But Mark chapter 9 tells a really important story about this guy who was demon, his son was demon possessed. He was possessed by an evil spirit, the Bible says. And I just can't imagine, first of all, I can't imagine maybe the emotional trauma that you would have from, I mean, Many of you, if you've, if you've ever seen your kids suffer in any way, sick, hurt, whatever, you know the emotional stress that it takes on you. And then to think this guy, his kid, was, uh, was possessed by an evil spirit. I mean, just what a terrible feeling this, this father must have had. And the dad gets to this point in his life where he's like, I'll do anything. I mean, like, whatever it takes, I'll do anything. And Mark chapter 9 records a story Verse 22, it says, uh, this, he, he comes, this man with this child comes to Jesus and he says, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus says, if, if you can, 
don't you know, like, everything is possible for the one who believes. And I want to be really careful here because you need to understand that your faith matters when you pray. That there is, and even just this morning, like, as we go through worship, and I just, I wanted to break up worship and those songs because I just wanted, there's something about singing together corporately and singing about the name of God and how great and mighty and worthy that he is. There's something that just builds our faith there. And so your faith matters when you pray. And over and over again, Jesus says things like, well, it was done to them according to their faith. Or he says, it is, there's another part where Jesus says, it is impossible to please God without faith. Or if you, he also says, if you have just a little bit of faith, you can say to this mountain, move. Your faith matters. Your faith matters. Now, the challenge here is that there's a lot of people who call themselves Christians who really don't believe that God can do anything when you pray. It's like, I, I heard this story about this pastor. There's a, 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 it's a story about a pastor and a bar owner, and it's like, it's a really classic story. I wanted to tell you this story. There's this pastor who got really upset because there was this bar down the street selling the devil's drink, you know, like, he, 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 was, he was upset, he was like, I can't believe this, they, they opened a bar just down the street from my church, and so the pastor started having these old school prayer meetings, so they get together, they pray, and they, so they pray, and they'd stand against the bar, they'd be like, Lord, you're gonna, you're gonna take this bar out, you know, so they're praying, they're praying, they're praying, and one day, lightning struck the bar, just, just struck it and burnt the bar to the ground. So the bar owner, he gets upset because he heard the pastor was calling some prayer meetings against his bar. And, he sa- and so he goes and he sues the guy. He sues the pastor. He sues the church. And they go before the judge one day, and the judge is like, what in the world is this case? What happened? And the bar owner stands up and says, well, the pastor, pastor's been holding these prayer meetings, and because of the pastor's prayer, God struck our bar and burned it down, like burn it to the ground. And the pastor stands up. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. That's not what happened. We're just having a harmless prayer meeting. You were just having to, like, that's not why the lightning struck. It's not our fault. It's not us. And so they go back and forth. The bar, the bar owner's like, it's, it's the church's fault. They prayed, and God answered the prayers. And, and, the, bar, and, the, and, the, and the pastor's like, no, no, it's not us. It's not us. It, 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 nothing, nothing like that ever happened. Back and forth, back and forth. And the judge said, man, he took a step back. He said, man, I can't believe what I'm hearing. He said, I have a bar owner that believes in the power of prayer and a pastor that does not. <laughs> and, I, and I think, like, how often do we have people who call themselves Christians but really don't believe in the power of prayer? And so can I just stir your faith this morning? Like we, we got to walk into some of these things with faith that the Lord is going to provide, that the Lord is going to move. Let's read some scripture. Let's meditate on some of these different things that if I say to that mountain move that it's going to move, we've got to have that type of faith. So we've got to build our faith. And, and, and listen, and, and the reason I even know this about, about some people who call themselves Christians is because you can hear it in their language. 
Like when you talk to them about, well, I'm praying for this. Well, it's really bad. Like people say, well, it's really, it's just my situation. It is really, really bad. And we've done everything we know how to do. And now, you know, all we can do is pray. You know, that's it. All we can do is pray. Like it's, there's a pastor that says prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. And it's like we get to the end of our rope, like all we can do, this is just all we can do is just pray. Like, oh, it's the situation's that bad that now all you have to, all you can do now is just depend on God. Like all you can, you're in big trouble now. Like all you, that's all you can do. And we just don't believe. We just don't believe in the power of prayer. Now, I have to be cautious in the way that I say this, because can I tell you that this, can, this whole idea can swing all the way to the opposite side? You need to understand that here's what I'm not saying. There's this teaching out there. It's like word of faith, like name it and claim it type of, type of teaching. And that just means that, man, if you just say the right words and have faith with it, if you just have enough faith, God will do whatever. Whatever he, you say, he'll, he'll do it. And, uh, and, and listen, that's just not... That's not the way that God works. Just like I was talking about, I'm talking about the, the the single the single girl, right? You know, like if I just say, like if you name if you name her and claim her, you know, like if you say that she's mine, like she's mine, like that's that's not the way God works. You're just really really weird, and like He's not going to answer that prayer, right? Like, like you pray if you named it, claimed it, whatever. Like it's still not going to be yours. God doesn't have to do it. And so there's this dangerous distortion when we talk about faith. And so we, I, let me just remind you that, again, God, God is not your spiritual Santa Claus. He's not there to serve us. We're here to serve him. And just because you have all this faith doesn't mean he has to do it. But at the same time, you need to know that when you do pray, your faith does matter. It matters tremendously. James chapter 1 says, but when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. Because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think uh, he will receive anything from the Lord. We gotta, we gotta go into it with some faith. We gotta believe and not doubt. So why didn't God answer my prayers? Well, maybe I've got a relationship. Maybe it's the motives. I don't have pure motives. Maybe I just am going at it without faith. And if you're like me, this is what I'd be doing in the message. I'd be like, okay, I, I, I remember this is what I prayed for, and I think my relationships were right, <laughs> check. <laughs> I think my motives were right, check. <laughs> you know, I think I had enough faith. Uh, when I prayed, I thought all this, all this was, was done. I really believed that God could do it. So why? <laughs> you know, like why? I, I, I checked all these off the list. Why didn't God answer my prayer? I want to present one last thing to you, and it's this, is that maybe God has something different. Maybe he has something different. And I just hope that you know that God's will matters so much more than our will. And even though we think we know what's best for our life, we we just simply don't. He knows what's best. Now, I just, I just say that, like, like God, in many cases, I think even right now, in many ways in my life, he's answering prayers that are not my answer, 
He's just presenting me with a different answer. And uh, let, me, let me read you 1 John, then I'll explain. 1 John chapter 5. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Listen, if, we're, if we are asking God for something outside of his will, he actually loves us enough not to give us that thing. And so if there's anyone, it, it, if there's anything that we have in our life that's, that's outside of his will, he, he loves us to, enough to even just keep it from us. He wants to keep it from us. And I was really thinking of the story to kind of wrap this thing up. I was thinking of the story about Paul. Think about the great apostle Paul. Paul was this great guy. He wrote a third of the whole New Testament. I mean, just he radically saved. You see all these great things that he did for the Lord. But Paul was a man that although he did these great things for the Lord, the Bible says that he suffered righteously. That he didn't always get everything that he wanted. And we read in his story where Paul has this thorn in his side. And the Bible never tells us what this thorn is. But the Bible does say that whatever that was in his life, whatever it was that was hurting him, the thorn in his side, that he pleaded with God three different times about it. And I think when he talks about pleading with God, I don't think it was just, Lord, help me. And then two minutes later, Lord, help me. <laughs> you know, and then Lord, help me. And when he pleaded with God, I'm convinced that he pleaded three long seasons. Of Lord, would you take this away? And we don't know what it was. We don't know whether it was an illness, some type of sickness. Could have been a person that was attacking him. We don't know what it was. But he said he had this thorn in his side. And I think about the story of Paul. And God wouldn't answer that prayer. God wouldn't remove the thorn in his side. And I just think about, like, this is Paul. This is Paul who preached the gospel 30 different years to all these, like, every every major city in the world. Like, this is, he preached the gospel to these people. He encountered Christ, and, and he served God to the point to where he was shipwrecked, he was beaten, he was stoned. Like, all these things happened to him. He wrote a third of the New Testament. Like, there's probably a verse that he wrote that's probably on your coffee mug. You know, like, that's, he did all these great things. Like, he suffered righteously for the Lord. And, like, when you take a step back and look at his life, like, his relationships are good. Like, his motives are pure. He's got the strongest faith of anyone that I know. You know, like, and God still didn't do it. Like, why didn't God do it? And instead of taking the thorn away, what happens is, is God did something different. He did something that wasn't a part of Paul's plan or idea. God said, he literally says this, my grace is sufficient for you. And my power is made perfect in your weakness. So Paul didn't get what he wanted, and he didn't understand it. And I don't know what that is for you, 
But you may feel like Paul today. <laughs> like, God, I've done everything that I know how to do. My relationships, my motives, like I've, I've lined everything up. Lord, why don't you just, could you just help me get this house? <laughs> or could you help me get this job or whatever it is? And you pray and you pray and pray and it doesn't happen. And in a moment, you may not understand. And in a moment that you may not like, you ask some very legitimate questions. God, why? And God may very, like, God may in his own way, in his own time, show you that that wasn't exactly what you needed at that time. That his grace was sufficient. That his power is made perfect in your weakness, that he is still sufficient. And so you ask, you believed that God would do it and you still didn't get it. And one day you wake up and recognize that wow, God had something so much different for me. And can I also say, it would be a lot more fun for me to preach this and say, instead of the point of maybe God has something different, I could preach this a whole lot better if I if the point was God has something better. <laughs> you know, that would that would be that would be a lot of fun to preach, right? Like God has something better. Like I could you could have done this, but God has something better. I could get you shouting with that point. I promise I could. I, I really you'd be standing up, clapping, everything else, you know, like I know. But that's just simply not the case. Sometimes it is better. But sometimes it's just different. It's just different. And so that raises the very important question, why do we even bother praying? <laughs> like if God's going to do what he wants anyway, if he's going to do his will, why bother praying? Like if it's so complicated and if I got to have this the right way and if I got to, you know, do things like this and if I got like and he's going to do whatever he wants. Well, it's because if we go back to the beginning of what I've talked to you about today, the purpose of prayer it's not about just my wants it's not about what just I need the purpose of prayer is relational it's to get to know God to know him intimately so then I can begin to do his will and what I found in my life is that prayer so often prayer reminds me that I am not the one in control and I am a control freak I'm not in control. It keeps me close to the person who is in control. But it reminds me that I'm, I'm not the one in control. And just to think that the fact that the God of the universe actually gives me access to him through prayer, it's one of the most difficult things for my mind to even comprehend, that he would even want to talk to me. So anytime I pray and something doesn't go the way that I want it to, or I have this big prayer need and, and, and it, God doesn't do anything with it. I try to remind myself of the story of Paul, the thorn in the side. And not only that, but I want to end with this, this story that I think will really speak to you. Daniel chapter 3. I talked to you about Jan, Daniel in the lion's den earlier. I, I, I want to talk about three other teenage boys that are found in Daniel and you'll probably remember them. Uh, you remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Just three, three teenage boys that stand before this evil king, Nebuchadnezzar. 
And Nebuchadnezzar gives him this order that you will bow down. You're going you're gonna to worship me and my God. And I want you to renounce your God or I'll throw you in the fiery furnace. So there's this choice. You're going to worship the world's things or you're going to renounce it, stand up for your God and be thrown into this furnace. And these teenagers, everybody, these teenagers that were facing death, I mean, these are real problems here. I mean, they're, they're, they're about to face death. Here's what they said. So you remember, I gave you, I gave you what Jesus said. I've given you what the New Testament says. And now I'm giving you what the Old Testament says. And these boys said, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us. But guess what, everybody? Even if he does not, we won't serve your gods. And so you want to know what I believe about prayer? Every time I pray, I believe God can. I know he can. I know that he can act. I have faith that he can act. I believe that God will. That when I ask for the mountain to be moved, that he, he will move it. But even if he doesn't, I still believe. And for some of you, this is your moment. I still believe because he's that good. Because my faith is not based on what I see. My faith is not based on how God acts for me and what God gives me. It's not based on any of that. It's based on who my God is. And the purpose of prayer isn't just to get God to do our will. The purpose of prayer is for me to be in relationship with him so that I can do his will. And I believe that when I pray that my God can and that my God will, but even if not, I still believe. And so, Father, we thank you for this truth. Lord, I thank you for the truth of your word, these, these teenagers. Lord, who are facing the fiery furnace, Lord, that they believed that you could, that you would, but even if not, they chose. They said, I, I, we, we still believe. And so, Father, we say that right now. Lord, we believe that on our behalf, Lord, that you can, that you will, and if you don't, we still believe. And so, Father, I pray for every person in this room right now who maybe has had some difficulty with this topic. Lord, we've all prayed prayers that we haven't gotten our answer for. But, Lord, even if it's just, just even if it's not our way, Lord, we still choose to see you moving in our life. Lord, I pray for anyone who has a broken relationship in this room. Father, I pray that you would give them the heart right now to just begin to forgive them. Forgive the person that's, that's hurt them so bad. Lord, I don't know that situation, but Lord, I pray that they would be able to be able to step into forgiveness with whatever that relationship is. Father, I pray that we would have the right motives when it comes to prayer. Lord, help us not just to pray for selfish gain. Help us not just to pray for what we want. Lord, we want to pray for what you want for our lives. Lord, help us to come in with those right motives. 
And Lord, even when we get everything else right, Lord, I pray that you would, when you answer that prayer, Father, help us, if you answer it in a different way than what we've prayed it, Lord, help us to see what's different. Lord, I thank you that you will give us exactly what we need when we need it. I believe that. And so, Lord, as we pray whatever's heavy on our hearts this morning, Lord, we believe, we stand in faith. Lord, give us the faith, Lord, that you can, that you will. And, Lord, even if you don't, we believe. We believe. We love you. We thank you for these truths that you've given us today. In Jesus' name. Hey, with your heads bowed, eyes closed, you may be in this room today. And you say, Pastor Noah, I haven't, I haven't, haven't seen it like this. I want to believe today. Maybe you're in this room and you're looking at your life as a whole. And you're saying, I, I, I believe that God can rescue me. I believe that he will. And even if he doesn't, I still believe. If that's you in this room and you say, you've never surrendered your life fully to Jesus. You want to believe today. I want to give you that opportunity. You need to understand that Jesus came and died on a cross for your sins, that he rescued you from death and destruction that you deserve because of your sin. And he defeated that sin by resurrecting from the dead three days later. And now the Bible literally says that he sits at the right hand of God. And the beautiful thing when we talk about prayer is that the Bible says that he intercedes for us on behalf of our prayers so that when we pray, Jesus is hearing and he's in the Father's ear right now saying, Lord, this is what my child needs. So if you want a relationship like that with Jesus, when I've talked about a relationship today, you can start that relationship right now. And the Bible says that if you just would confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe that God raised him from the dead, that you can be saved. That moment starts right now. It starts with this belief. And so if that's you in this room, would you pray this prayer with me? Say this, say, dear God, thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross in my place. But I believe that you raised him from the dead. Say this, say, Jesus, I make you my Lord. I give you my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me. And thank you for giving me the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Come on, would you clap for the people who prayed that prayer for the first time? It's absolutely incredible.